testimonies is going to be word. It was really, really good. So without any further talking from myself, I would love to introduce my younger and wiser sister, Nicole Cole. Dave and Debbie, come up. So this morning we just had a powerful, um, we had graduation. So we had a bunch of people standing up from first and second year. And Dave and Debbie Holcomb are my, I was going to say partners in crime, but partners in assignment. And um, we just had a great year. This is actually the second year that the school has run. And they were facilitating first years. I was doing second years. And um, we get the curriculum out of Bethel. It is, it is a powerful school. Like, it is not just a, um, I shouldn't say just, but it's not like a theological ceremony. <laughs> Oh my goodness, Jesus, sorry. It's not like a school? Cemetery. <laughs> seminary, so sorry. It is not a seminary where you go and you learn. It's not, it's not just heady, so sorry, guys. It is a place where there is impartation and activation of gifts. So there is knowledge, but there is revelation, and there is a chance to practice what you learn. The, the one thing that is my heartbeat, and I do, do believe it was Jesus, was Jesus' ministry was show and tell. It was not just learn in the head. It was incarnation. Even the Bible says that Jesus was the word made flesh. And that's, that's our mandate, is to become the living word. So in the school, like, you will come and you will learn. If you don't know, you'll learn how to prophesy because everyone can prophesy. You will learn how to operate in a word of knowledge. It's, it's not, it is not an identity gift. There are identity gifts, and if you want to know what that means, come to the school. There are identity gifts that are according to the calling on your life. But the nine gifts of the Spirit, they're not identity gifts. They're gifts that you have because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And so every single one of us can operate in these things. So we learn these things, and it's just amazing. But um, I would like all our students who have graduated and who are in the school to please come up and come stand with us here. Dan, Danita, Julian, Nikki, Jamie, Adrian, Jose. Come on. Yes, Rick and Robin, come on. All right. So these are some of our powerhouses. And here's something else is that, you know, sometimes, in fact, one person said, when I, when I, Jamie said this morning, when I came to the church, I used to think there was superheroes out there and, you know, the, the mighty glorious acts of God was saved for them. And what we learn at the school is you are the mighty men and women of God. We are to relive and reawaken the days of acts. We are to see signs and wonders come through our hands, your hands, not just the five folds who are in full-time ministry, the homeschooling mom, the doctor, the teacher, the business owner, the student on campus, the child in school. Kids don't have junior Holy Spirits, people. 
We're to raise our kids with the expectation that faith lives. And faith is to manifest. Faith mixed forth with the word brings forth the promises. You can have the word and you can have no faith and you won't have a promise. You go into churches and they preach the word and there's no faith. There's no expectation for miracles. And they certainly don't teach the miracles of it today. And therefore, you don't get the miracles. You will have what you believe. Well, in the supernatural school of ministry, which is what the school is called, we believe that we are called to be, like Jesus said, sons and daughters of the living God. We're suppo- Nancy, get yourself up here. We're supposed to look like him. We're supposed to act like him. All right. So I'm going to have, while you are standing up here, we're going to do things a little bit differently today. But I'm going to have some of the people who are speaking. I'm going to come forward and speak now. So the rest of you stand sitting or sit down or whatever. But Jamie, you start. What I have asked these people to share, you're going to have the privilege of hearing from some of them. What I've asked them to share is a principle or two that they've learned from the school and then how it practically plays out in their lives. This is Jamie the Lionheart. All right. Uh, A couple principles that came to mind right off the bat was when I first got into school, I was really excited. And just uh, being pure before the Lord and... uh, just not always in marriage or single, but just my whole life of drinking, drugs, what I watch, what I listen to, just my gates, staying free from sin. So it was like really just set myself forward, saying, Lord, I'm all in. And going for it and uh, being introspective, too. That was another big thing. Because right when I started off, you question, you know, wow, I've had so much sin in my life. I've done this. You start looking at yourself, which stops the kingdom, you know. And it's like, just like I said before, you are who you are because God said that's what you are. So it was just the school has been really good as in just teaching identity of being a warrior and a lover, fighting for people, and just owing it to the people. Like uh, I said this morning, I was talking about, I just feel the compassion of Jesus for people. And just, I feel like we owe it to the dying and lost people of this world to go out, you know, be part, spread the love of God, heal the sick, save salvations, you know. Just we owe it to them. It's not just to get filled up at church and keep it to yourself all week. So the school's a good way to practice that too, of just learn how to pray for each other. You know, some people have never laid hands on anybody and it might seem fearful, but it's a good area to start with. Uh, just being obedient to the Word of God is really what it's doing, you know. And I just feel like that, you know, there's a great harvest coming. So we need to get out there and just learn, you know. And the school, the teachers of the school really teach out of their life lived. It's good wisdom. They teach out of uh, just what worked for them, what didn't work. They're very honest. Just, it's a great wisdom to sit under and learn. And just, like I said, uh, the, hungry, the hungry get fed. 
So it's a good way to just stay hungry in the Lord, just sitting under a teaching like this, just diving in, going for it. So that's it. And next is Nikki. Hey. Well, um, um, like I said this morning, it was really difficult to find um, just one thing for like five minutes because it, the school is so rich. There's so much that you learn there. You, you know, just, it's just such a rich um, teaching. Um, but I, one of them, that's, one of the teachers that stuck out for me was um, one by Danny Sitkar, Becoming a Man. And it was actually, he talked a lot about the power of the father. And um, you, you're, obviously you're speaking on earthly father, but if your earthly father wasn't able to give you what you needed, um, he talked about how to be refathered by God, which is amazing. Um, and it, it, for me, it changed the way I thought about myself. Um, the old, my old norm was what people said about me or what you know, my father did or didn't do for me, but my new norm now is what God says about me. Um, and it's like knowing my, my father's character towards me and, and his heart, it changes um, the perspective of who you are. Um, you don't, you don't, um, you're, you're, the kingdom becomes your normal. And then in the, in the middle of the kingdom, you know, I got freedom. It was freedom to be who I was created to be as opposed to what other people, you know, thought I should be. Um, and he gives you the power to really prosper in your own life. Um, also, um, it, it, it's when you step out and to do something new, you know that all heaven is backing you up, that you're not alone, that God is with you. Um, and then you begin to see yourself as powerful. And when you have this, this type of view of yourself, you, you can accomplish anything. And so I just feel like every Tuesday came out was just that power just kept going. It was, it was almost like a reprogramming of your mind. Um, and so I just, I just encourage you get to get a chance to come, come and come to the school. You won't, you won't know yourself in a year. You won't know yourself in two years. You'll, you'll, you'll be a brand new person. Um, I was in the worship, and I got a, a scripture, and it's kind of um, going along with the rain, and it comes from Joel. It talks about, uh, um, for the rain he sends demonstrates his faithfulness. Once again, the autumn rains will come, as well as the rain in the spring. Then the threshing floor will again pull high piles of high grain, and the pressure, and the, sorry, I'm nervous here, the pressure will overflow in the new wine and the new olive oil. And um, the, what I got out of the um, classes is he said, he said it was like um, talking about the moving in the gifts. Anybody, the gifts are free, but being mature is what is our fruit, the fruits of the Spirit in Galatian, love, joy, peace. You know, is that, you know, in your life? And I just feel like for this time, it's like the, when the olive oil and the wine is pressed, it comes out, the fruit is pressed, and it brings forth um, fruit from that fruit. So we, um, you know, it's just learning, you know, looking at ourselves, like, what are we doing? Are we, what kind of fruit are we bearing? 
and it's uh, above that in Galatians, it tells what the fruit of the bad is. And you got to look at your life, and I've been looking at my life, and it hurts sometimes, but it's we have to do that. We If we're not growing, we're not moving forward. So we just, uh, we just, that's what we're learning and uh, learning to, and sometimes it hurts sometimes, but we have to do it. And going along with that, we didn't know what we were going to speak on the principle. So we kind of both got the same teaching, which was kind of wild. But for me, it's more like a testimony of what happened because in the class, the teaching came forth. And then you know how you have that little check from the Holy Spirit. I'm like, okay, a test is coming this week. I'm like, I don't want a test. I don't want a test because, you know, sometimes you fail tests and you have to retake tests. So all last week was a horrible test. I mean, like an exam. And um, an example is I rounded the corner at work and I heard somebody talking about me. And, you know, times passed, I might have like snapped and been like, excuse me, and confronted them. But I didn't say anything. I just went to my desk and I just prayed, just let the Holy Spirit, you know, just minister to me. And then I said, okay, oh, fruit of the Spirit, self-control. So, um, yeah, and that, like he said, it hurts sometimes. It, it's going to, you're going to grow, you're going to grow. But in order to move forward, these are the things we have to do. We have to be tested, we have to be tried, and we have to be pressed. And what comes out is Jesus. Hi, church. I'm not much of a public speaker. I did not want to get up here, trust and believe, but but the Lord put me up here. Um, I, I really don't have anything like prepared per se, but you know, I, I can remember when I when I first started telling people about Jesus, and, and that's just kind of where my heart is today. And the first time that the Holy Spirit used me to win somebody to the Lord, I said, God, I said, I don't care if you do anything else in my life. If you let that happen one more time. That was just so, so amazing to see somebody, you know, get crushed by the Holy Spirit and their life just completely changed before my eyes. And that that to me, if we want to talk about miracles, that is the ultimate miracle um, for any son or daughter to see, you know. And I, I just, I wanted to to improve. And, and one of the things that I, that I grabbed from, from this body and from the, the school of ministry is you constantly hear about sonship and you constantly hear about inheritance. And, and you know, being a, a, a teenage kid with no father, I, I really didn't know what it was to feel like a son to a father. So that was one, that was a huge takeaway for me to, you know, to come into the knowledge of what it feels like to be a son to a father. And he's glorious. He's, he's so amazing. And I'm just learning him every day. Um, and I, I was praying and I had people lay hands on me. Uh, David and Debbie laid hands on me for this. I, I wanted to see the giftings move in my life to make me an, a better evangelist. So I could evangelize better to people and be more powerful, you know, sp- preaching Jesus on the streets. And and I wasn't seeing those things. And and uh, there was one evening, uh, a man from first year, uh, David, I wish he was here, but I don't see him. But David was, he come from a devout Catholic home. And we watched a film that night. I can't remember exactly what it was about, but um, Debbie decided that we would, 
we would have a, a prophetic activation and, and uh, pray with each other just to see if we could get a word of wisdom, see if God would flow. And um, I just, <laughs> we got together and he was like, man, I've never done anything like this before. This is so bizarre. And I'm like, great. They, they, they gave him me. This is awesome. <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> but we just, we started to pray and I just, I saw this like, it looked like an old house. You know, just like an old house, and there was like a stream by the house, and there was a couple of, there was a couple of trees by this house, and I just, you know, I was like, you know, I just see this old house. Does this have anything to do with you? I know this is wide open. I'm just taking a risk right now, God, and I just want to see if the Holy Spirit will catch me. And, and He's like, No, no, I really, I really don't see anything like going on like that. But and I just kept explaining it to him. He was like, You know what? That's a painting that I'm painting. So I was just like, Wow, you know, and. And I was like, okay, well, explain that painting to me. And he started explaining this painting to me. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I see. But what I see, I also see two trees on the other side of this house. He said, that's amazing. He said, um, I was considering drawing two trees in there because for a memorial to my mother and to my grandmother. So it was just, I mean, it was just, I was so struck in the Lord. I didn't know what to think about that. And, um. I, I speak that as nervous as I am, as much as I don't public speak, I just I encourage any of you, if you have not taken a school in ministry, I mean, these people sow into you. I mean, they really sow into you, and, and their heart's desire is to see you become a full son, a full daughter, and know exactly what that means, and, and know your full inheritance. And, you know, that, that the Bible is more than just a Bible, but it's a will. God left you a will. And he had to pass through death in order for that will to become activated in your life so that when you read that, you gain power from the word. You know, and we can, we can go before the throne of grace boldly in time of need, and, and we can expect him to move in our behalf. So um, I'm just excited. I, just, I, just, I see Holy Spirit doing so much for this body. I see him doing so much for the school. I believe this is a training camp for revival. And uh, I'm, just, I'm just really, I'm really believing for God to do something. Really supernatural, so thank you. So what we're going to do now is that I'm going to let these guys loose on you. I'm going to have you stand up, and I'm going to release this team of incredible warriors over you. And we're going to pray. We're going to pray for an impartation of the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray that the anointing that comes, and it breaks the yokes. Whatever yoke, whatever oppression, whatever thing is ahead of you and facing you, whatever stops you from receiving the love of God. God's judgment is this. He will judge anything that stands in the way of his love for you. You don't do things because you're trying to earn his pleasure. You do things because you have his pleasure. And from a place of pleasure, you can be. My husband always says, the more you get to know God, the more comfortable you become on your own skin. Because he loves you so unconditionally and so perfectly that there's nothing that you can do to earn it more. The Bible says that God is love. If you can do something to earn more of his love, well, then he would be more of himself then or less of himself when you don't do what it takes, what you think needs to earn his love. No, God is love. 
He loves you. He loves you. And so I'm going to ask you, oh, two more things I want to share before I let them loose. Is this morning, a couple things that we saw in the prayer and intercession time for today. Um, I saw these waves coming in like this as we're praying. And it was, it was this color blue and black and blue and black. And it did these wave things. And I was just watching, like, as we're praying, Danielle was started singing. And it's like literally she's releasing this frequency. And out of her mouth, all the stuff, stuff came. And I know that blue is the color for sonship and glory. The glory of God. Sonship, adoption. And black is the color for repentance and new beginnings. And today is a day where God is wanting to break off and blast off. And I'm going to be teaching on it, but it is the mindset of that illegitimate mindset. A mindset that stops you from truly knowing that you are adopted into family. You're not an outcast. You're not on the outside. You are true blood. In the kingdom, you're blue bloods. You don't have to try and be it. You are. So I saw this wave, and then a visitor who was visiting from Utah came to me afterwards, and she said, I just want to tell you what I saw when I walked into this church. She said, I was hit with the presence of God, and I saw Father's face, and out of his face, she goes, it was so weird. Out of his beard were coming these waves of blue and black, blue and black, blue and black. And then Danielle said to me this morning in prayer, she goes, Nicole, just this morning, I said, God, can you show me this morning what colors are coming out of you today? On the account of two and three, let everything be established. And so today, I'm telling you now, God is here to break off that illegitimacy and to truly press into us and to impart through, through this team through the anointing and power being released through them, he's here to impart sonship, belonging to a family, breaking off of illegitimacy and whatever stops you from pressing in and being able to encounter God for you personally. Not because of something somebody else told you, but you personally. All right. Yes. Things that we've learned is um, about word of knowledge. Um, so we've been learning about prophecy and word of knowledge. And so when I was in worship earlier, um, I had a really bad backache. I mean, it was like hurting for two days. And so um, I got healed. <laughs> like all of a sudden, I started like going, wow, my back's not hurting anymore. And I got this like cold, I call it like Holy Spirit cold pack on my back. So I'm just wondering, is there anybody here that has a backache or pain in their back that needs healing? because I'm willing to pray for you before we start. Anybody? Okay, Ben, there we go. Okay, anybody else? I'll definitely come lay hands on you. Okay, cool. Yeah, I like, I seriously got like this cold pack going to my back right now and it won't stop. And I'm like, come on, Jesus. So yeah, that's what we learned, just stuff like that. You just got to pay attention to the spirit. And so we're going to do that. And then whatever, Nicole, I'll go to Ben. Yeah, I'll go to Ben. And um, I'll go to Nikki too. Okay, so. All right, so team, go for it. Praise you, Lord. If you, will if you will stand up, please stand up. And these people are going to come around you, and we're just going to start laying hands on you. All right, go. Set it loose. 
Just in this atmosphere where your heart is open, I'm going to read some scriptures to you, and I want you to, I want you to think about what I'm reading. And if you've heard them many times before, I would say, do you hear them from fresh ears? Because they're powerful. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, crying out, Abba, Daddy, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Romans 8, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you received a spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. This is a different place in the scripture. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children then heirs and joint heirs with Christ, becoming a child of God is instant. 
You give your life to Jesus. You say, be Lord and Savior of my life. It is a light switch is on, and it's instant. Your DNA in that moment shifts and changes dimension. It says in the word that you were translated, taken, lifted up, lifted out from the domain of darkness. You were picked up, lifted up, and you were transplanted into the kingdom of his dearly beloved son. Adoption, the reality of adoption in the kingdom is instant. But how many of you know the mindset of illegitimacy and what it takes to break that mindset of I'm not legitimate? I'm not the real deal. I'm not the real child. I'm the stepchild. I, I, I don't have access to favor or to the real things like some other people have favor. That is a mindset. And guess what? In the kingdom of God, when you became born again, when you said, Jesus, I want you as Lord and Savior, the very nature of you being able to do that is because he pursued you relentlessly with mercy and kindness. He tiggered you down and pounced on you with relentless grace. And in that moment, through the power of covenant, a legitimate family bond and moment was, was, was created. That's why in the kingdom, there is no such thing as illegitimacy. It's impossible. You coming to know God was an act of covenant. The very nature of the word illegitimacy means born outside of covenant. Not one of us in here, if you have made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, has been born outside of covenant. Not one. But yet we carry the stain of the unrenewed mind of an illegitimate mindset. And one of the things that um, that, that illegitimate mindset manifests is, there's two things. It's Number one is a victim mentality where the victim doesn't take responsibility for his or her own heart and own heart's messes. Because you, you have rejection on you, and so if you admit to being wrong about something, it means that you're going to be rejected. So you, you, you try and deflect when things are your fault, when actually you have made an emotional mess of something. You try and say it's somebody else's fault, it's not mine, it's his. And the other part of victim, the victim thing is when, when anything goes wrong, you think it's you, even when it's not you. You think it's your responsibility when somebody else is in pain, it must be my fault. And it's not your fault. Other people 
also need to take responsibility for the messes that they've created. And sometimes we as, we as born-again believers need to know, I'm allowed to be joyful and at peace even when the people around me that I love are facing consequences for choices that they've made. So the friend who, I mean, I'm giving a very simple example, but the friend who always runs out of money because he doesn't know how to be a good steward of money, and now he's kicked out on the street. You live in a, you live in a house, you've been a great steward of your money, and you are living a kingdom life. You don't have to feel guilty and bad for your friend who's made some bad choices, who actually sometimes needs to face life the hard way because pain causes change. There's nothing I can attest to. There's nothing like pain to cause a shift. And sometimes when we live around people who have that victim mindset, we constantly try to, if, if you also partner with that thing, you try to rescue. Let me, let me, let me help you. Your, your head looks like you're having a bad time. Let, let me try. I've got some money. Let me give you some more money. Or let me give you some of my time when you're, my, my time is valuable. And if I'm going to sit down and I'm going to speak to you and I'm going to love on you and counsel you, if you're going to keep on making the choices that you're making, I'm going to keep on loving you. That doesn't stop my love for you. But I, I, my time is limited and I might not be able to spend as much time with you because I know it's not being fruitful. We can sometimes be suckers in the kingdom. And God is calling us to grow up and to allow to, for us to take responsibility for our hearts and to allow others to take responsibility for their hearts. You know that scripture, it's in Colossians 1.13. He rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the son he loves. That word domain, it's an area of territory owned or controlled by a ruler or government. There is a, um, Heidi Baker, she lives in Pemba, Mozambique most of the time, and then she travels as well, sharing God's word and the amazing things of God. But Heidi, she adopts, like so many kids, I think she's adopted 20 by now, and then she has thousands of them come through her house all the time. And she speaks about these, these, these orphans who come into her house. And when they get adopted, they go through this time of, it's like some of them will sit and just watch the other kids. Because they have no concept of what it's like to truly be a son. And that's what I think Adrian said was, I didn't know what it's like to be fathered. And so I remember when, when um, like I had come in, new into the things of the kingdom, and my dad's a great dad, but he didn't show me the things of God. Like he was a great provider. He was faithful to my mom. You know, he was as good a father as he could be, but he did not show me the things of God. And so there were a lot of things I didn't know, and I remember coming to the God and just, God, like, what about this? And he said to me, Nicole, you have no mold for who I am. And so I am going to show you who I am. And you know, there's a time in your life when mom and dad can give you things that they're supposed to give in that season. But when that season is over, then 
those people cannot go back and, and try and do what they were supposed to do. Now, God can restore broken family relationships and bring back restored relationships and have rich, wealthy friendships with your parents later. But what I'm saying is you cannot, you might have had a bad childhood. You might have had terrible things happen to you. But there comes a time when your parents can no longer put those building blocks inside of your heart anymore. And you cannot look to them for that. And God is the one who comes in and places inside of our hearts the things that we lacked with other people. He is a very real stronghold in time of trouble. You know, speaking about um, speaking about strongholds is, I want to share with you, and this is actually turning out to be very different than the first session. I want to share with you what a stronghold is. You know, we hear about, I'll read you exactly what it says. 2 Corinthians 10.3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So there are good strongholds and there are bad strongholds. We always hear about the bad strongholds. You know, oh, it's these demonic strongholds. But God himself calls himself a stronghold. And I'm going to read you here. It says in Zechariah 9, 12, it says, Return to the stronghold, you prisoner of hope. You prisoner of hope. Return to the stronghold. And he says, even today I declare that I will restore double to you. Nahum 1, 7, the Lord is good a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who trust him. And remember that the definition of a stronghold is in the spirit realm, and I used to call it the unseen realm, and I will no longer do that because as believers, you and I are supposed to see in the spirit realm. We're not, there's not supposed to be an unseen realm. We have eyes of the spirit. We have ears in the spirit. We're supposed to hear and see. And so in the spirit realm, there are literal places that are built. We're not carnal. We're not just mere men. We're speaking spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. So your speaking spirit can access the spirit realm and things in the spirit realm are very real. There are angels, there are demons, there are building, there are, there are things. Strongholds are these literal structures that are set up over people, over families, I've seen familial strongholds over cities, over states, over nations. And strongholds, it says here in the word that our weapons are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. So let me explain how a stronghold forms. And um, I'm going to use... Uh, because strongholds, they when they start to form, remember, it's, it's a it's a highly dense thing that will collect over time. Like demonic things, they travel in packs, they travel in groups. So let's say your family has a your family generational line has a tremendous issue with deception and lying and lies. All right. 
So you are born into this family line, and that generational door is open for you. All right. So I always say, do not judge another person for what they are tempted with. Because if that door had been opened for you and your family line, who's to say what you'd be tempted with? And I'm talking some of the heinous things. If you are sitting here today and you think, I could never do that, you are, you are wrong. You are in foolish pride. There is no one sitting in this place that if the right generational doors had been opened for you in a certain scenario, that you would not be tempted. So, you come from a long line of deception, and you're born, and that generational thing is attached. And then you, you know, come into a situation and you're abused. But you can't tell anyone because you've got this thing of deception going on. And so this abusing sexual perversion comes. And I'm going to, for people in here, I'm going to talk very uh, superficially because we have kids. And so um, this, that thing comes on you. Then that thing comes with, you go a few years later and then a spirit of defilement. You walk into a movie theater and there's some movie going on and you're curious and now you, and it opens up another door and another thing. You come into agree. Basically, every time something pulls on you and you come into agreement with that thing and you open up your heart towards that thing, that thing gets more and more entrenched. And slowly but surely, you build over yourself, whether it's from previous generations or what choices you have made to open up things, you build that thing over your life. How do you know what strongholds are over you? And that you are, whether, and sometimes, you know what, sometimes you walk into a place and you feel things, and it's actually not your things that you're dealing with, it's stuff in the atmosphere. So don't think every time you feel something or hear or get, you know, like sometimes I walk into a place and I'm like, oh, I... I can feel that perversion. I feel that seduction. I feel that. And it's not me. I'm feeling what is in the atmosphere. But anyway, so you come into agreement with, you come into agreement. It's like this bird that comes over your head that flies. That's something that's outside of you. But something that is this stronghold that has got a hook inside of you is the one where it is a fight to get that thing out of your head. So the, I call it the inner scroll, the inner script of your life, the, your self-talk. How do you talk to yourself? Is it, is it the stronghold of hope or is it the stronghold of defeat and despair? Oh, I can't do anything right. Man, I'm so angry with myself. I'm so stupid. Why can't I get this right? I should be able to get this right. Is it... Um, I never have enough. I never have enough money. We can't do anything fun. Man, other families get to have all the fun. Why can't we have any fun? Um, I'm just so sick and tired. I'm so sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And it's some of these things that come up on our script that are, if, you, if, it's, a, if it's a record that goes round and round and round and round and round, it's like you have and the first thing to come out from under that thing is to break agreement. You, you ask God, God, help me to recognize the lies that I believe that are still going round and round and round in my little, little mind. And then, God, I break agreement 
I recognize that that is a lie, and that's not the truth. You know, your word calls me, your word calls me pure, your word calls me holy. Your word says, I mean, this, um, uh, my favorite, favorite, favorite is um, Psalm 16, verse 5 and 6. Lord, you are my inheritance. You're my portion. You're, you're my inheritance. It says the boundary lines are placed in pleasant places. If ever I want something that I think God is not giving to me in its time, the boundary lines are placed in place. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. He wants you to have those things. You don't have to whine like a victim. Why can't I have those things? Why is God not giving me those things? And all the entitlement, the, the flip side of the victim mentality. I deserve that. I want that. Instant gratification. I'm going to have it now. I deserve it. And um, so anyway... You break the agreement with that thing. You say, God, I thank you. And you find something in the word. You find the stronghold of hope because this is a stronghold of hope. You find something in here that goes against that thing that you're believing. If, if the thing is, I'm so sick and tired, God, I thank you that I will run and not grow weary. I will walk and not faint. I will trust in you. And I will, I will learn. You are teaching me to wait on you. I will grow strong in you. I don't have to be weak and sick all the time. Um, one thing that. I'm kind of bouncing all over. And I'm sorry. But one thing that. God told me to speak to you today. And he said. Nicole tell them how much I think about them. I was like Okay. And he says, no, tell them from the word. I'm like, okay. So I started looking. And he said, first of all, he said, Jeremiah 29, 11. Now, most of us know that. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. There's your stronghold of hope. And then... And then he said, tell them that I think about them personally every day. And I was like, okay. And he said, he said to me, go to Psalm 40. I went to Psalm 40. He says, blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. Does not respect the proud nor turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord, are your wondrous works which you have done. And your thoughts towards me cannot ever be recounted. If I were to declare them and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice an offering you did not desire. Is that religious? You better do this so that I can give you something. Nope. Your ear, my ears you have opened. He said, then, then I said, behold, I come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me, I delight to do your will, O oh my God. Saints, in heaven, before you ascend to the earth, there is a scroll that is written about you. The word says it is. And on that scroll, it says that every one of your days was written down before one of them came to light, before one of them came to being. And what does it need for you to walk out the things on the scroll? Agreement. The very same thing that you need 
to come out of the stronghold of the demonic is the very same thing you need to come into the stronghold of hope. You have to hear from God what is on your scroll. And that takes time with you hearing from him, journaling. It takes time reading his word. It takes time getting around people like this, where when people get to know you, they say, wow, you're so good at this. Man, I just love the way you do this. And one of the things I say to people is, what do you do that when you do it, you feel God's pleasure on you? That is written in the scroll for you. It needs agreement. So, you're not a victim. God has made you family. A victim heart thinks that daddy runs out and there's not enough to go around. There's more than enough. And God wants to give it to you. And sometimes it takes seasons of preparation to be able to get it. But it's not because he doesn't want to give it to you. I say that for people who are in you know, relationships and they're not married. They're in premarital relationships. God wants that desire of yours to be met. Don't, don't go grabbing outside of the boundary lot and pulling into your lot what's not your season. Let God do it for you. Because when God does it, it is powerful and it's blessed. And there's no funky fruit that goes along with it. You know, it's like, he, again, when, when you're that, when you, God, I'm legitimate. I don't have to go outside the bounds. You're good and you want this for me. And the other thing is, God, you know, when it comes down to the thing of God doesn't run out, you don't have to look at somebody else and say, they got what I want. Why did they get it? Whether it's the job or the promotion or the fancy earrings. Oh, you know, Joyce Meyer speaks about earrings. She's like, God told me to give away my favorite earrings. You know, and she's like, I didn't want to. And finally, the earrings started really hurting her ears. She's like, oh. so she gave her earrings away. And, you know, how God was taking her through the season of just giving away because he was, he was trying to teach her, Joyce, I don't run out of stuff for you. And it was a season where she was really struggling and she didn't have that many earrings. And I mean, look at her now. She's got enough to fill the Titanic, you know, to sink the Titanic. But anyway, it's like God doesn't run out of stuff. You're a legitimate child. He so wants to take care of you. And Nancy, I honor you because you have walked through some fierce and tough trials. And I have never heard any victim stuff come out of your mouth. You have encouraged me. I'm serious. I used to get emails from this lady. And what she was walking through and is walking through, the amount of faith and honest, like just, I don't understand but God is good, and he's put his, I'm going to trust him. And it was, it was such a powerful testimony to my life. There were times my knees got so freaking scraped up, and I was crying. But I would, get, I would reread Nancy's emails over and over and over again, and I just want to honor you. It was powerful. So get around Nancy. Let her speak some non-victim stuff into us. But um, I'll end on this. Um, it's a funny story. My daughter was downstairs. Some of you heard this this morning. 
And um, this is how serious we take this whole victim thing in my household because I've got one of my three children who can be prone to this. Different personalities sometimes are more bent towards certain things. And this little guy of mine, he is just battles with this victim mentality. And the one thing, the victim, that I said, it doesn't take responsibility. It always wants to blame everyone else. It was the big brother and the sister and the this and that, and it's never my fault. And so we make him go into his room, and until he can say out of his mouth, I am sorry, I take responsibility. These are the words. I take responsibility for the choice that I made that got me into this room in the first place, and I am sorry. And do you know how stubborn that victim mindset can be? It can be hours before he gets out of his room. And it is like, are you, he, I want to get out. Okay, are you ready? Are you ready, to, are you ready to take responsibility? No. Okay, well, I guess you're making a choice to stay in your bedroom. See you later. We'll go downstairs. We'll be happy downstairs. And you'll hear, Mom, I'm ready. <laughs> go upstairs again. You ready to take responsibility? Yes, Mom, I'm ready. All right. I am sorry. I am sorry. I take responsibility. I take responsibility. And it's like, all right, you ready to come out? Sure, yeah, come out. And it's like, it is so, in those moments where you, if you are uh, inclined to push off your messes on other people, own up. And if you are inclined to absorb other people's emotional brokenness, don't. Push it out. Take a step back, self-script. I'm allowed to be at peace even if you're in a mess. I didn't make your choices. I make my choices. And I choose to center myself and make him my stronghold of hope even though even though I want to. Like cause sometimes, unfortunately, people want to stay connected in a sick sense, S-I-C-K, because it brings that false peace. It's secure. It, the, it's familiar. Chaos is familiar to some people. You have to let the peace of God heal you on the inside. And I remember when I had this one relationship, it was about 20 years ago, and it was God was teaching me to break that soul tie that made me connect to somebody that was not the best. And I remember feeling like, oh, I so badly want to do what you want me to do, but you know what? I can't. It was, it was, it was nothing sexually. It was, it was a family member that I had to learn to stand up to and say no to. It was like, she wanted me to do something, go pick up this one, do that one, and didn't want me to go to church. And, and I was like, so torn. And I said no, and she hung up on me. And I was like, God, I felt so, I felt emotionally so torn. And God was like, it's okay. Well done. And I'm saying this to say when you first step out and you break ties with crazy people, if you're used to crazy people, it's not going to feel right. But you're going to grow in wholeness and you're going to be able to grow in security and confidence because he alone is your stronghold of hope. So, Father, I thank you for you breaking us out of victim mindsets and those illegitimate orphaned mindsets and you releasing us into the legitimate bonds of, of your spirit that you paid for. It is real. Your price was so severe, it cost you everything. So God, we want everything that you paid for. And I thank you for that spirit of adoption.
that you've already poured out upon us. And I pray that this would be a house and these would be a people that would manifest just that. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Bless you. If anyone needs prayer, we're going to have some of our team up here. And um, be blessed. Have a good week. You're all things good, you're all things beautiful.